Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
pass along today. We've got uh, a couple of guests that are going to talk about some new concepts. We're going to veer off of our normal uh, prohibition ending quest for a moment, just a moment. We're not actually going to, but we're going to go down a route <clears throat> that's a little more mainstream. Um, you know, most of the time when you deal with nonprofits, uh, everything from, you know, NPR, public radio, to uh, March of Dimes, to, uh, you know, Red Cross, you name it. It's a nonprofit. Generally, in my experience anyways, it is all about money. That's generally all they're ever about. They're, can you donate? Give us money, 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 money. And that's why I've generally had an aversion to uh, participating with nonprofits because it generally is just about the money. And if you were to look at uh, the books, uh, the Transparent Nonprofit 501c3 Reporting, uh, you'll find out that most of the leadership in nonprofits are making a pretty darn good living. And if you were to look at, I think most hospitals are nonprofits, churches are nonprofits, and if you look at the monies that they raise, and if you look at the monies that they charge, and the monies that are involved, generally speaking, Nonprofits are money-making adventures, or ventures, I should say. And if you were to actually look at any of these nonprofits, including many of the ones that are supposedly uh, in the movement, and you look at the monies that they raise and the monies that they report and the monies that they claim to um, use, you will find that their uh, admin costs, that's sort of a key factor there. There's two, two magic numbers. One would be the salaries of their leadership, and that information is online. You can look up nonprofit CEO salaries, and you'll find big numbers, big numbers. <clears throat> and what you'll find is um, then you look and, and you see what typical admin costs for nonprofit actions or projects, and you'll find, again, big numbers. So when you donate a dollar or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to the Red Cross or whatever, I mean, I, I'm not picking on the Red Cross by any stretch. I don't know a whole lot about them. I just know that I have seen their numbers at one point, and the leadership of that organization makes a ton of money. Um, and the leadership of, you know, even some of the nonprofits, you know, again, in our movement or our so-called movement, they make money. They make a living. They, they get paid for what they do. And so when you donate to one of those organizations, um, you know, you're paying somebody's salary and you're paying, um, you know, a lot of other things. And then you look at the work that they do and hopefully it's very much in line with something that you support. That's why you would back a nonprofit. But then you say, well, how much does it cost them to do these things? And generally, it's a lot. Well, the human solution is 
very different from that. And it, it's actually kind of funny because in the past, the drama and trauma that we've endured has been, you know, with accusations about money. And anybody who knows our bookkeeper, our treasurer, she's she's a Nazi when it comes to money. And there ain't a dime gets spent that doesn't get accounted for. So any and all of those things are just kind of hilarious when you get down to it. Truth is, this organization, not one of us makes a dime. Not one of the leadership, not one of the chapter coordinators, not one. There is no admin cost of running this company. We all donate our time. We all donate money. Or actually, the leadership of this organization have historically been the biggest donors to the organization. So not only do we donate our time, but we generally donate very generously um, of resources. And when we work on a project, the monies that do come in for donations or fundraisers or whatnot, they go 100%. So when we print materials um, that people can hand out, when we make our ribbons, our solidarity ribbons like this one here, um, your donations pay for that. Um, and every once in a great while, there's been a little bit of, of travel costs that have gone um, specifically raised for those travel costs. So in the past, especially when I was traveling around years ago, um, you know, I would go in all over the country, didn't have any money to spend on it, and people would raise up money so that we could go, you know, fuel costs and, and whatnot. We still donated our time and our vehicles and, and our food and all that, but whatever, the fuel costs were substantial, and, and donations have paid for that. We've donated money to uh, inmates. We've donated money to um, yeah, a number of different little projects. But the thing is, is when somebody donates to this organization, they can be assured that every penny will go to the work that we do. And typically, we don't do a lot of fundraising. Our, our, our primary fundraising is membership. Well, put it this way. If you guys buy a membership and we give you a T-shirt, um, generally speaking, we're not making a bunch. But we would rather have your support because this is about your time and your your passion and your energy um, as much as or certainly much more so than, than your money. And there are people who don't have a lot of time or don't have any time, and all they do have is have is money. Well, we were, we support that as well because that helps us to, you know, have a website. It helps us to be able to get our messaging out. It helps us to be able to focus attention on a project sometimes when it's needed. Um, so we do have a couple of guests that are going to be coming on pretty quick, and they're going to be talking about some cool new fundraising opportunities that we have. I know a lot of you all are um, very free-thinking, um, anti-authoritarian rule, I guess I could say pretty confidently. Uh, many of you are anti-government, um, but certainly we're anti-tyranny, anti-oppression, as we are a civil rights organization. and We're, we're a, a passionate, adamant civil rights organization. We're not a pot group at all. It just so happens that the right to uh, use this plant is a pretty important one, 
and these rights have been trampled on in a profound and, and, and horrible way, so much so that we've taken the cause. And it, it happens that many, many of us that are involved in this organization have been uh, trodden on by those that are oppressing this plant. And that's where one of the threads that hold us, that bind us together, the common ground that we stand on is that many of us have had our rights um, stepped on, um, infringed upon. Um, in many cases, we've had our, our well-being uh, affected negatively. We've had property taken. We've had certainly our time taken. We've had our freedom taken. Um, and we all agree, those that are part of this organization, that that's just not okay. In fact, there's nothing about that that's okay, so much so that we've created an organization not only to end this oppression, because ultimately that is one of our goals currently, is to end prohibition. Not to legalize it, not to tax it and regulate it. We've had that conversation numerous times, and in fact, last week we even had a guest that was supposed to come on and, and talk about why it's important to tax it and regulate it. And I do always welcome anybody to come on. You don't need to be a featured guest. Call in and explain it, because I just want to know. But the rest of us, we don't think that that's important. We think that what's important is freedom and liberty, and that if we act in a certain way, whether we take something into our body or decide to grow a plant or have a hobby or make something out of a natural product, regardless of what it is, and it doesn't cause harm to anybody else, then that shouldn't be a problem in any way, shape, or form. It shouldn't be a crime for sure, and it shouldn't be um, anything negative. And yet, over and over and over again, we keep allowing our rights to be trampled on. And I say allowing because we haven't stopped it. We are creative beings. I say this all, all the time. Everything you see in your that was made by man started as a thought. And the world where cannabis is a crime also started as a thought. And those that thought it were clearly stronger than those of us that don't, at least at this time, because they got it and we don't. So a part of what this is about is trying to find the people that are passionate enough to put an effort in to really end prohibition entirely. Um, I've learned of what's called the 80-20 rule, and as I've studied that a little bit, I believe that it's pretty accurate. And what it, It's a pretty simple theory that 20% of the people get 80% of the stuff done. So, and if you look around in your life, you'll realize that probably 20% of your effort 
got 80% of your life done, and we probably, most people probably spend a lot of time, that's less than productive, and a lot of time that is either negative or um, not focused or, you know, not, not there to accomplish something, which is fine. Again, I'm not here to judge anybody, but what I am here to do is I'm looking for that 20%. Actually, I'm looking for that 5% of that 20% that is really dedicated to ending prohibition. Now, most people that ever come to this organization are here for a reason, a reason, a season, or a lifetime, and the reason is usually um, somehow their lives were affected by this negatively or a loved one. Somebody got busted, somebody's in jail, somebody's in prison, and that's why they're engaged. They come to this show, this organization, because they felt the sting of prohibition. And generally people um, will come where they think they can get help. And we help in a lot of different ways, and we help gladly, regardless of, of whether people are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And history will show that most of the people that come to this organization um, are here for a pretty short period of time, a week, a month, a couple of, a couple of months, even a year, sometimes even a couple of years. But very few members have uh, the duration and I've told this story before, but I tell it because I think it's important. When we first started out, we had a we had an an event, and there was a well-known activist that attended the event, and I was all proud of the event. And I said, "Hey, what do you think?" You know, he said, "You did good." He says, "We'll see where you are next year." And then I said, "All right, that's fair." So a year went by. We did another event similar to the first one. And at the end of that one, I said the same thing. So what do you think? It's been a year. He says, yeah, you're doing all right. He says, keep going. And then about six years, five, six years later, we were at um, we were at, a, at an event. And, you know, by this time we were pretty substantial. And we had a, a booth at one of these events. And uh, I did an interview with him. And we got pretty into it. I have the video somewhere, but I asked him at that time, this is now, we've been at it for six or seven years. And I said, so how about now? <laughs> and, uh, oh, he had a whole different frame of mind. And he said, you guys have really stepped up and, and, and done what most people talk about. Um, you guys have the the wherewithal, to do the hard work, and to keep going. Um, the thing that's the most difficult about any of this work, the nonprofit work, the volunteer work, uh, regardless of your situation, regardless of your health, regardless of your time available, regardless of any of it, is it's a job. It's a job that doesn't pay money. But it does pay unlimited intangible benefits. And anybody who has been part of this organization for any length of time knows that what I'm saying is absolutely true. 
the wealth that we get from helping other people selflessly is unimaginable. I, I could write a book of just the people that were impacted by the work that we do. And I'm proud to be a part of that we. Ten years strong, and uh, I believe that we're better than ever. and We're doing more good work than we ever have. So that takes me up to now. Um, I've got a whole bunch of guests all stacked up and waiting to talk, and we're we're in pretty good shape. Running a little late, but that's all right. We got elections coming up, and in one week from tomorrow, um, we're going to have a whole new series of leadership. And what that means is literally every position every two years is up for election, and. For the last six months, I've been talking about it on this show, and um, we're down to the last week. If you want to vote, your membership must be current. That means either your lifetime membership, which there's a handful of. I think there's maybe a dozen lifetime memberships out there for amazing uh, above and beyond the call work, and you know who you are. And then... Every other membership's a year-long membership. Even if you signed up as a 420 membership a year and a half ago, if you're not paying it every month, it's you're not a member currently. Doesn't mean you're not part of our organization. Just means you're not an active live member and you don't have a vote. So if you up renew your membership before Wednesday, a week from today, you're good. You can vote. Anyways, the the election is going to go on for one day, 24 hours from midnight to midnight, from Thursday at midnight till Friday at midnight, and um, it's on the website thsintl.org, and all the information's there. I'm not going to get too deep into it. We've been talking about it for six months. Um, I'm hoping you all show up. I'm hoping that uh, we have a big turnout. We have. Really amazing candidates. Everybody that stepped up, I believe we've got the strongest uh, set of candidates out there. And uh, however it plays out, I believe we're, we're going to have a good, strong leadership team. So I hope to be a part of it. Um, I have confidence that I will, but I, I certainly hope to be. And uh, we'll go from there. Anyways, we've got uh, Bobby Rodrigo, and I believe it must be Kurt Wallace that's here to talk about. Um, we've got this whole uh, Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency thing going on, and we now, as an organization, have an ability to do a fundraiser um, and accept payments, and we have a, a, a cool uh, thing that we're going to be offering. So I'm going to bring up Bobby Rodrigo and... I believe it's Kurt Wallace. Bobby Rodrigo, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. How's everybody out there in the Cup of Joe land? Uh, I, I got a pretty good uh, clip of people on the uh, live stream and everybody's saying hi. And uh, um, so it's Kurt Wallace. That's the other one that's going to be talking, right? Yeah. Bring him on in and uh, why don't you start with him? He is the uh, he's the man. Um, that uh, is uh, one of my partners in this endeavor. I work with him with Cold Storage Coins. Um, he's also a marvelous um, 
advocate, and uh, why don't you say hi to him and start with him, and he can introduce you to the product. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Kurt Wallace, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello. Thanks for having me on. Nice to speak with you. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, and uh, welcome. I introduce you to a little group that we call the Human Solution International. Well, uh, good to be a part of it. I like human solutions, uh, and I like border-free societies, which we <laughs> we have our imaginary lines, but internationally we get to enjoy it. Right on. So why don't you tell us about this uh, this new product and this new fundraiser idea that we've got going on? Uh, well, Bobby may be able to speak more about the fundraising aspect. Uh, I can talk a little bit about the technology and why it's important, but uh, I think first the the primary uh, question is why does Bitcoin exist and what is the purpose of a cryptocurrency that's built on the blockchain? And the uh, the answer to that is no more complicated than uh, human uh, freedom and free association and the ability to live our lives without coercion of uh, overlords such as the federal government uh, and, and their ability to uh, suppress people's uh, way of life and whatever they choose to do with their body and to treat themselves in ways that they know best because uh, because they've been encumbered by the war on drugs. And uh, so Bitcoin is, and, and Potcoin, they're, they're cryptocurrencies, which is a digital asset. When people hear that, it sounds alienating, but in reality, anyone that uses fiat currency like the U.S. dollar or any any paper money, they actually are using a digital asset. The illusion that it is something physical comes into play because there is a paper version of it uh, and a coin version made out of cheap metals. But we but we use a digital asset. The difference with um, the Bitcoin technology is that it's honest. It's an honest money versus a dishonest money. And there is no one controlling it. There's no central authority. Uh, it can only, it's a limited amount of currency. And that's the beauty of it. And there's, there's no uh, third parties involved. And there's no third parties asking to have, uh, get their cut, so to speak, uh, so that they can fund uh, their henchmen to be able to come out and stop people from living their lives the way they want to. Free, <laughs> free of coercion. So, uh, what what I am hoping to do, uh, and I'll talk about the product in just a moment, is to encourage people to take a look at Bitcoin and specifically Potcoin because it's a lifestyle currency. It's applied to a particular industry uh, and the cannabis industry, um, and it's designed to be a, a payment system for the cannabis industry. And why is that important? Because it provides security and safety and freedom. With the Federal Reserve System, um, what happens is that uh, they are able to uh, 
um, uh, keep people from having bank accounts that are that have businesses. Like, a, you know, for instance, a dispensary has a business that cannot operate, and that's one of the major issues in the cannabis industry is the intrusion of these um, federal laws. Even though the states are interposing and nullifying the uh, illegal uh, war on drugs and and not allowing people to uh, come into their state and and interfere, the banks um, the banks are beholden to the federal government. And so, Potcoin helps uh, in in one incredible use case, or Bitcoin, a cryptocurrency, a digital asset like this. Since there are no banks involved, um, when a when a dispensary comes uh, to a point where they need to purchase product from Northern California, they drive from South, Southern California to Northern California with $150,000 in cash. It's a very dangerous proposition to be able to purchase product and bring it back. Uh, it's not okay that they have to, that they're forced to do that. And having a, a digital asset like uh, Bitcoin or, or Potcoin allows them to travel without the, the risk and without the dangers involved in that. Uh, and also provides a hedge against uh, tyranny and financial tyranny, economic tyranny. Um, by not using their money, and when I say their money, I'm talking about the Federal Reserve Bank system, uh, that it disempowers them. And by adopting a, a currency that is is tailored to a particular industry, such as Potcoin, uh, that allows uh, the ability to not be coerced and to not be uh, affected by by the systems that are in place by the Federal Reserve uh, and their ability to control politicians and, and all the litany of things you guys probably already discuss all the time. But they're fueled by that. That's their money. And we need honest money. And that's dishonest money. And they devalue the money every year by creating more of it. And if you understand the Federal Reserve System and money supply, uh, it's a real sad thing because it hurts people that are on a fixed income because the rate of inflation doesn't meet their uh, the cost of living as it goes up because the, the more money that's in the money supply, the the, the cost of products go up that's that's actually how it works and uh so there's a lot there's a lot of variables that spider out of um fiat money and this because this is a fixed supply uh that's another nice thing in terms of ownership because the value uh trends up with bitcoin every year people talk about using it as an investment but it's really a currency. It's a form of communication. It's a way for people to have a relationship with one another based on mutual exchange um, that, that is free, a free mutual exchange. Our coins are a way to store cryptocurrency offline without any uh, ability to be hacked and to safe, clean way, and easy way to store cryptocurrency and also to give cryptocurrency as a gift and to spread wallet adoption, especially for companies that are interested in accepting an alternative currency that doesn't, that, that, that can't be uh, interrupted like a bank account. So using Bitcoin or Potcoin 
our coins are a great way to introduce digital assets and digital currency um, to individuals that know nothing about it because it's physical. So now we have the same thing that the Federal Reserve System has. We have a physical form, but it actually has value because we can load the digital asset on it, unlike uh, paper U.S. dollars and unlike coins that the U.S. mint mints. They, they don't actually have any real value. And, uh, and that's, that's the overall view. And thanks for giving I would the time add to, to talk that, about it. I would add mm-hmm. to that one, an area that I also think is important to people, for people to understand in this space is that uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency is legal in the United States of America. It is a commodity. Um, it is traded just like corn, just like soy, just like gold and silver, uh, just like any other currency. You know, I mean, everybody, everybody, I'm sure knows that. For example, you know, what is the value of the British uh, or the Canadian dollar against our dollar, or the euro against our dollar, or vice versa, uh, and and how that moves up and down, which is the same thing that that cryptocurrency does. It moves up and down just uh, as far as its value uh, as a currency. There is no fear that, that, that people need to have um, with the rhetoric that's out there, et cetera. This is a legal way to do business. The, the, the separation is for the cannabis industry is that they can't use banks, obviously, for the reasons that we know because of Schedule 1. That doesn't mean that they're violating the law by using cryptocurrency because they're not. They're just um, removing the third party as uh, explained. Um, and it is very important. This is a very important part of this because the rhetoric out there from from the fiat world, and, and for those who don't understand that term, that is any other money. You know, real. You know, the 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 aspect of paper money that that are that's what you call that euro and the U.S. dollar, et cetera. It, it, what what people need to understand is that there are a ton of lawyers in this space. There are, there are government agencies using blockchain. There is a pushback to try and centralize it as well because, of course, of the control aspects of it. But it is, it is, uh, it's in the same space in the sense of uh, the problems that cannabis has on one side from the standpoint of, of coming out of a centralized world and, and wanting it to be more peer-to-peer. But there's nothing illegal about it. You can't, the, the, the feds can't, the feds are, do not have a law that says, well, if you're doing business in cryptocurrency, that we're going to come and take your business. That, that's not at all. You still are, if, if, when you're operating under a regulatory space, let's say, in a legal cannabis organization, you still are required to do the things that you are required to do. You have to do your taxes and all that other stuff. This is just another way for you to pay and get paid and also to invest if you choose to go down that route. And, and the legal compliance thing is very, very important in this space because people are afraid of it because of the rhetoric. And one, ahead, one more thing question. about the – okay. Go ahead. Go ahead with your one more thing. Uh, I'll throw some questions at you. Okay, one more thing about the technology that's kind of unique as opposed to uh, fiat currency, and this goes to the point of what Bobby was referring to in terms of um, uh, operating as a legitimate business, which I think – I, and, and I've talked to people that are consultants in this industry, and they uh, they are working hard to be compliant, which is the same thing for the cryptocurrency and blockchain industry, is that um, 
that there's there's a neat tool that is built into the system, and it's a very simple tool, and it's called a ledger, and that's all the blockchain really is is a ledger of transactions, and it's an open source uh, ledger that everyone uses together, and so anytime a transaction occurs that transaction is recorded on that ledger, which is called the blockchain. So in essence, when we do a transaction, say I send uh, Bobby uh, $20 in Bitcoin to buy a cold storage coin from him, uh, we know that that transaction actually occurred. There's no question about it. So there's no going back and saying, hey man, I gave you 30 bucks and you didn't give me enough change or any kind of, of uh, uncomfortable conflicts that should not actually come up when a transaction occurs. And that's called a trustless system, which is a beautiful thing because it, it alleviates issues um, once a transaction occurs. And, uh, and, and so, um, and, and that's what the real kind of the underlying value of cryptocurrency uh, has involved in it. I just wanted to point that out. Well, um, I, I'm always the, the the other side of the coin looker, and so um, my my biggest thing with this, and I, I support the idea. I think any anything that um, can be used to uh, uh, promote somebody's free idea, if you get enough to follow along with it, then I, it's a good thing. Uh, I don't see a downside to it. I do see that it, it seems a little more complicated um, than most people are probably willing to uh, engage, but I, I suppose that, that's all uh, subject to change as, as it becomes more more known. I mean, all these terms you're talking about, I'm, I'm pretty savvy about a lot of things, but I, I don't seem to be grasping this the way that I grasp a lot of things. Um, so that would be one of my one of my personal issues with it would be you know geez I don't know how it works and I don't know how to use it and I don't know how all of that stuff. The second thing is um, Bitcoin and Potcoin um, are they interchangeable? Are they the same thing? I'm looking at a um, at, at a couple of different indexes here and I see Bitcoin on it and I see a bunch of different other cryptocurrencies. I don't see Potcoin anywhere. Um, so what is Potcoin with regards to Bitcoin? Okay, uh, that's a great question. And, and, and to your point about the terminology, that's one of the difficult things in our industry is how do we make it relatable and how do we make it comfortable for people to understand uh, what cryptocurrency is and how it applies to them as an individual in, in their lives and why is it important to consider and uh, how do you communicate that and convey that? So that's a great question. It's a big question. We all are talking about that uh, in real world terms, but uh, to answer the second question first, the second question, Bitcoin is a, is, is a, is a, it's its own cryptocurrency. It was the first one developed out of years and years of development efforts, and it finally, they, someone finally made it work properly, where it, it doesn't, it runs itself, and 
uh, and it doesn't need anyone uh, anyone manipulating it. But it is its own currency, and each cryptocurrency is its own currency. Uh, so Potcoin is its own currency, and it was created to be used as a payment system for the cannabis industry. There's there's thousands of cryptocurrencies out there, and some of them are applied to, say, organic lifestyle, eating, health, uh, fitness, uh, those sorts of things. And it really isn't complicated in terms of being able to use it. it, it you just download an app, and uh, and when you have Potcoin or Bitcoin on that app, you you can transfer it to someone else's app. And you put the amount in that you want to transfer, and the transfer happens. And it's very simple at that point. But uh, as far as uh-huh, – The downside on this would be the only way that you can trade with Potcoin is with somebody else that has Potcoin, right? And, and that's, the, that's the rub. And how do we get uh, into adoption? Right now, in the cryptocurrency world, less than 1% of the human population actually owns Bitcoin. Cold storage coins being a fun product that is a physical uh, manifestation of cryptocurrency is one way that that is starting to occur. Uh, I went to a family reunion, and I gave 20 Bitcoins to... 20 of our cold storage coins that are Bitcoin holding coins to my family. I wrote down their name. I wrote out the Bitcoin that I loaded onto each coin and I handed it to them and I watched what happened. And it was as if I had used them to, I had taken them to a carnival for the first time and they were seeing an elephant and a trapeze artist and a fire blower and uh, eating cotton candy for the first time. They were excited. And what, what occurred was it bypassed two things. One is uh, the education part of it, not having to take a course in blockchain and crypto and all these words that are being used and thrown around. And the other part is a little bit of fear. And it's my, uh, it's my position that fear and excitement are the same emotion, and it's just how you perceive it. And you get on a roller coaster, and it can be exciting, and it can be a little scary, but it's a perception thing. And so bypassing that by handing somebody in, a, in the simplest way physically a coin that holds Bitcoin or Potcoin on it uh, gives the person an abil- a, a chance to meet cryptocurrency on their own terms and kind of reverse learn, take time, but now they physically hold it. I actually have Bitcoin, I didn't have to work at it. I didn't have to download a wallet, hot wallet. I didn't have to learn what a hot wallet is. I didn't have to download an app. I didn't have to go to an exchange, and I didn't have to load my bank account information. So it's a great way to give it, and it's a great way to spread it. So if dispensaries have um, a, a retail display of our coins, they can easily uh, provide a way for people to understand it or to at least have some to get started with and then take their time to learn on their own terms. And I think it's important to meet people uh, in, in whatever uh, place in their life that they're in to where uh, we're not trying to force feed uh, 
technology or, or ideas and that sort of thing because it's, it, it, it's not something they were thinking about before we introduced it to them. And so it just you got to have a reason to want to do it, though. And I think the biggest reason to want to be a part of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and Potcoin in this case, is uh, individual freedom, the, the right to live your life the way you want and not be coerced uh, economically through economic tyranny. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the main reason to be involved in it. It's a, our company started making community currencies in 2008, Silver Barter, for the Lakota Nation. Our CEO spoke before uh, the United States Congress during a congressional monetary policy hearing on competing currencies. And he called the Federal Reserve a den of thieves on the congressional floor because that's what's going on. It, anybody that touches the money first, it, it, they maintain the power. And in this case, it decentralizes the money out. And it's the people's uh, currency. It's the people's way of maintaining their own uh, ability to be personally responsible and their own ability to uh, live their lives unencumbered by a failing currency or devaluing currency. And uh, so. All right. Well, I think that's uh, uh, certainly an economic lesson of this of this cryptocurrency, and it's. Um, I I think that uh, there's a lot there's a lot to be learned. It, it it seems that I probably as more people uh, are using it, there'll be simpler ways to to explain it, and it'll make more sense to more people. Bobby, can you tell us about um, this actual coin um, that we will have available or have available? as a fundraising uh, effort for the human solution. Yeah, so, so there's a couple of things about that. Uh, uh, number one, So it is a, a pot coin uh, and also other cold storage coins, but, but it's focusing on pot coin for the, for the moment, has a pot coin wallet on it, and uh, it, it is uh, purchased uh, for $20, and uh, the proceeds go to the Human Solution International when, the, when it's done on their website. Um, there'll be some structure relative to memberships and things like that that the board will work out, Becca and Joe and everybody. Um, I, I was I was working um, with Becca this morning uh, on uh, getting the uh, the uh, website uh, uh, merchandise added to it. And essentially, uh, anybody who comes on uh, and buys a pot coin or or a Bitcoin's cold storage or an Ethereum cold storage coin, or and there are others, uh, you know, will have that coin shipped to them. Um, the, you know, it'll be in their hand. Uh, and it is uh, the uh, commercial coin is 99% copper. There's also silver and there's also gold, all both at 99%. Um, and you're going to be helping the Human Solution International uh, both expand their reach. And one of, one of the reasons why uh, this is this is so important from the standpoint of activism. And for those who don't know me uh, on this thing, that that's the number one thing that I do is advocacy and activism. Is it, it it empowers the nonprofits as well uh, in two ways. One, the natural fundraiser way. I mean, it's no different than buying a T-shirt from a organization, but the it, but it is different in the sense that you now have a wallet. You now have a way to accept cryptocurrency, and it also opens up the Human Solution International to people who like to only spend cryptocurrency. You know, ideally, 
um, businesses and people who are in the, the Bitcoin space, they, they don't want to exchange their money into fiat. I mean, Amazon takes Bitcoin. Uh, Expedia takes Bitcoin, you know, for example. And, and making it more mainstream, uh, you know, allows for, you know, no banks. And, and that, that goes for everybody. I mean, Expedia takes Bitcoin. They don't have to go to a bank, you know, and do anything with a bank either unless they want to convert it into, regu- into regular or fiat money. Actually, regular is the wrong word. So this really helps uh, expand uh, the footprint and the good works of a cup of Joe and the human social international everybody um, it, it, it because it, it opens up uh, it basically becomes a global uh, a part of the global economy of, of Bitcoin while uh, even though uh, the, the percentage in the world is still low it's still one percent of you know uh, six billion seven billion people that are trading in it and they they want to spend on, on cryptocurrency from China to because the Human Rights International is such a great human rights organization. They can do that. They don't have to worry about going through a bank um, either. To, you don't have to worry about giving it to receive it. So it's just a neat way to get involved. And it, and of course the potcoin aspect of it is specifically geared toward the cannabis industry because of the banking issues that are going on and because it's still Schedule One. So. I'm excited about it for Human Solutions International. Again, for those who do know me on this, I've, I've been a part of this organization in one way or another for a long time. Uh, Joe and I met in the middle of deep in the middle of activism. It, it was, you know, it's, it's like you show up at a. It wasn't a conference; it was a court case, a major felony murder case, actually, um, that we met and, and and got to know each other. And and it took us two, three years or two, whatever it is, even to meet face to face finally. And we have we, we we have done that many times now. It's, it's exciting for me that International has that because it, 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 I can tell you from the standpoint of a societal picture that the majority of people that I've run into that are in the cryptocurrency space, they are about public benefit and making the world a better place, which is the original vision, as Kurt described, of the cryptocurrency is, is to remove force. It's the anti-force, and, and you're eliminating the ability of anybody else to hurt you. Um, from a government side. Uh, so all those things are exciting to me. So those will go up on the website. Uh, the coins are $20. Uh, again, you get a wallet. Uh, you get to use your wallet, um, uh, receive, a, receive a cryptocurrency, and you can carry it around with you like another wallet. You can throw it in your safe. You do whatever you want to do with it, but it's there. It'll never go away. The money will be there. Uh, and, um, and then you're helping the Human Citizen International raise money and so it can achieve the missions, the great missions that it has. Awesome. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for uh, being here to explain all this. And, um, you know, we'll probably have you come back and give a refresher course as we get specific questions. I'm sure that will come up. And uh, it seems like you've got all the answers. Well, Joe, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You betcha. All right, folks, Kurt Wallace. And then, uh, Bobby, we've got yet another um, fundraiser that's coming up. And it's funny because we haven't – really done any major fundraising in a while now, more than a year, and aside from just general membership, and now all of a sudden we've got these two two opportunities. Now the second one, as much as the first one's exciting and, and possibly um, has a lot of uh, um, important value to a lot of things, the second one is certainly near and dear to my heart. Um, why don't you tell us about that one as I imbibe a little bit of my own. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, so the so 
Uh, as everybody knows, the Cup of Joe is on the Coffee Party Radio Network. Uh, so we have a synergy there in the aspect of, you know, the coffee aspect of it is you have a cup of coffee, you're sitting down, being social, et cetera. Um, they were created independently of each other, but there's a natural synergy. So in, in my work with the coffee party, I, I was, I was uh, a coffee company approached me, and, and this happens pretty frequently, but this one was one that it likes public benefit, that likes to work in the charitable space. Uh, as you know, t- in order to advance and empower people, which I'm drawn to uh, from anybody, and and they they said that we could do a, a coffee fundraiser um, with their coffee, and they ha- they sell multiple kinds of uh, coffee. It's all organic. They sell decaf and you know Brazilian, and and uh, they have some uh, African blends, and they have some uh, uh, middle in Middle Eastern blends as well. Uh, and it's a marvelous product, and they put the logo of a cup of Joe on the bag uh, and uh, the Human Solution International and the contact information. Uh, it's a two-pound bag. Everybody drinks coffee. You can become a member of this Human Solution International and a member of receiving coffee as often as you need to uh, with with the, whatever you decide to buy in the membership program uh, either way. Uh, you know, everybody drinks coffee. You probably can buy You probably go through at least two pounds a month. Um, you buy it from the Human Solution International and Cup of Joe, you're, again, supporting the, the organization. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm excited about both of those. I can't wait to try the coffee. We had, year, I don't know, a couple years ago, we had another company that made a Human Solution blend of coffee, and I got, I don't know, I think two, two pounds of it. It was really good coffee, but then they vaporized. So I... Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to watching this one happen, and I'll be able to drink official Cup of Joe Joe during the Cup of Joe show. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, fantastic! Really, it's great. You know, and and it's a very all the coffee is marvelous. I can't wait for everybody to try it. Uh, you know, and and again, it's just a, an extension of trying to make it natural. You know that people don't necessarily want to buy a T-shirt. You know, they don't need. They may not need a T-shirt, or you know, there's a little bit more pride. Everybody drinks coffee. Every you know, and and um, coffee really good. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, it's great <laughs> stuff. So again, awesome. Well, really, buddy, um, I I've been mocking the Coffee Party Radio Network for a little while now. It's been I don't know months. I look back on the uh, on the episodes page of this station, and I I have been truly dominating um, all the airwaves that there are to have for a while now, and I'm feeling a little lonely out here. Um, and I understand you're about to bring your show back live on the air, and when when's that going to happen? Yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to you know, in, in my defense, I've been a little busy in the disaster space. And let me tell you, people, if you're in a disaster, having Wi-Fi and doing internet radio is a real headache. Uh, but putting that aside, uh, yeah, I take liberty with my coffee is going to be uh, back on the air this Sunday. Uh, we air it uh, on Sunday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, also, Kurt Wallace, who was just on, is going to be coming on the Coffee Party Network to do. Uh, a show based on decentralization and to educate people on Bitcoin and blockchain, get back out there. He has a long history in the media and and uh, um, uh, being on radio. He's also worked on a number of campaigns, Ron Paul's campaign, Rand Paul's campaign, things like that. He's out there in the space, in the liberty space. Uh, I, I don't want to label him. I, you know, everybody knows I hate labels. I'm anti-everybody, and that includes the Libertarian Party and the Green Party, too. I, I, I believe it's a, it's a centralization sucks. 
Uh, but, yeah, I'll be back on the air. And then uh, starting uh, Friday, the Weekly Constitutional will be back on the air. So we'll we'll get back to the airways on the network. And, and I know Janine wants to come back with Lunch, lunch with Loudon. Um, we're, we're working on a new a new uh, group of people to work with her as well, and she's on Thursday. But we're going to get everybody back out there again because it's an important time in our world. You know, uh, again, uh, we, we know people who are going to be calling in on this show tonight, for example, from inside the walls which is another reason why I love this organization, by the way, that, you know, that uh, we have a lot to do yet, uh, you know, for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters out there that, that are just being stomped on all over the place and, and uh, for our children and in the future. So uh, all that stuff's going to be starting. So you won't be so lonely anymore. And of course I want you to come on the show, as you know, all the time. And uh, I know you're up early all the time. So what the hell? <laughs> it works out well. Even on my day off, I will certainly show up for your show. So, um, just again, I've given Bobby a hard time, but I mean it. He knows it. Um, you know, we're super grateful, as I try to mention every show. The Coffee Party has made this uh, platform available for the Human Solution to do this show now for going on three years. Um, and if you want to call in to be part of this show, all you got to do is pick up the phone and dial 646-929-2495. And that means you, Stacey Swanson Craft. Because I know you've got something you want to ask. So, um, anyways, all right. Well, Bobby, anything else you want to you want to say? How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to help out your many causes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I take liberty with my coffee.com. You can find me on on the uh, internet, of course, my website, and then uh, my Facebook page and my Twitter account is Cup of Liberty. We do better, of course, is out there strong and hard and fast doing their thing and. And we do better relief as well, staying in the disaster space. And, you know, you can certainly find me through the Human Solution International. I, I, I constantly uh, work with them. Uh, and, and I also want to give a shout-out to uh, the people inside the wall battling their cases. I, I spoke uh, uh, with uh, Lance Galora's mom the last couple of days, working on uh, – he's appealing his case to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, we're trying to get some more people involved in that, and, and uh, my thoughts go out to all those people that are incarcerated, uh, period, and, and particularly for, uh, you know, no jail for a plant. And uh, and um, I wish you all well. And uh, I'll be stopping by as frequently as I can. Sounds great. All right, folks, Bobby Rodrigo, he's uh, been part of the good guy team for a good long while, and uh, we're glad to have you be part of us. Thanks for coming aboard. Right on, brother. All right, so now we got a little treat. Um, we've been working on establishing our goals. Our goals are creating the world that we want to see around us. And we've talked about that world, about about sort of visualizing a world where this plant is, is only a positive thing as it was designed to be, as it, as it wants to be, as it naturally is, and that the amount of them that we would have or where they were at or what we did with them or whether we bought or sold them or traded them or, or transported them or uh, did whatever we decided we wanted to do with them would not be ever done with the fear of reprisal, with the fear of, of um, being classified as a criminal and treated as such. That's what I'm trying to create here. I'm looking for that handful of people that get that and get it well enough that said, you know what, I'm in. Let's do this. Let's make this happen and actually show up 
and actually dig in and, and, and start the long trod to the finish line, which is where we're headed. And I'm looking for those exceptional, amazing people that are out there that want to help us end prohibition. And that has nothing to do with your bill, and it has nothing to do with that latest uh, tax and regulate thing. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with removing the criminality of this plan from our health and safety codes and from our criminal codes across the country and eventually across the world. And so um, part of what we're doing is sort of general tune-ups. You know, the, the brain is a powerful thing, and the brain is also uh, often manipulated, tricked. Uh, it responds to emotions uh, much easier than it responds to plans and thoughts. Um, it's easier to get mad than it is to sit down and plan a way through something. Um, just look at Facebook or look at any social media and look at any social networking of any kind. That Everybody has energy and thoughts and time to get mad, but where's the real plan? Where's the plan to create this world that we want to see? Well, I'm part of that, and I welcome you to be part of it as well. And I've got this amazing person that's in my world, and her name is Becca. And um, she's got some cool uh, ideas and some practices and some thoughts about how we can put ourselves in a better place so that we can be better prepared to create that world that I'm describing. And hopefully enough of us will be here to create it that will be stronger than those that are trying to create the world we already have and soon enough we'll get what we want. So without any further ado, we got a little treat from Becca. Becca, welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you doing today? Great. Great. Well, thank you for popping on and doing some early screening. I always appreciate that. Yep. Or screaming, as the case may be. Yep, back her up, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So tell us about your latest scheme. My latest scheme is something I learned years and years and years ago when I was in a a pain clinic learning how to deal with my pain. Um, I don't know even how it ties into pain, to be honest with you, but it worked. Um, The practice is called Tonglin. It's a Tibetan meditation. Um, Tonglin in Tibetan actually means giving and receiving. Um essentially comes down to a meditation of compassion. Compassion for yourself, compassion for others. Um, it's harder to explain other than that. It's a a cool meditation because it's not the type of meditation everybody thinks about where you're sitting cross-legged in the yoga position, you know, with a clear mind. Um, it's actually a meditation where you're focused on something where you're trying to achieve something. So I think it's a lot more attainable for the everyday person to practice. Well, I like so, that idea. And so what, how, do we, how do we find out more about this? Um, I understand you're going to make yourself available to people that want yes. to learn a little more. So, yeah, because it's pretty in-depth and there's a lot of steps to it because what we need to do first is we need to unlock compassion in ourselves and 
I think a lot of people might mistake compassion for empathy or for sympathy or for kindness, but it's none of those things. And so the first step in achieving a Tonglen meditation is to do some meditation on opening compassion for others, for ourselves, and then we can move on. So what I want to do is I want to tell people, anybody that's interested in learning about Tonglen, to reach out to me via Facebook or my email, which is thsibeccan at gmail.com. And we can set up a time where we can get on the conference call and I can I can guide everybody through some meditations. And we'll do as many as everybody's interested in doing, and I'll take them as far as they want to go. Awesome. I yeah. think that uh, opening up, you know, the way that we're working together as an organization, you know, it's the funniest thing. Becca and I are, are have worked closer and for longer than most of the people that I've worked with, and yet I've never met Becca in person. I've mm-hmm. never looked her in the eye. I've never given her a hug. Much as I would love to, we've never physically met. Um, and so these different ways of, of connecting, um, you know, obviously the radio show is important because it gives a voice to a lot of people. And it, it it's a broad platform. And, and you know, be, being a podcast, it's, it's wide open. We can say whatever we want. And there's freedom there. But to get deep and, and to really... Um, communicate on a on a higher plane. Um, you know, it takes a quiet place. It takes it takes a dedicated time to do that. And and so for you to open up your uh, calendar and 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 your your personal time to do that is it's it's a huge value. I I definitely want to be a part of that when that happens. Well, I really I really love doing it. I really do. I. I get so much out of these meditations and these practices. And and like Bobby was saying, in, in the time we're in right now, I think we can all use more compassion for ourselves first and foremost and for others. I really do. I think it's very much needed. Well, you know, I, I read or heard uh, somewhere, and who knows how accurate it was, but there's a a negativity scale that is sort of a measure of, the overall tone of the world and how it's mm-hmm. expressed. And 2017 was the all-time highest point of negativity, or I should say the all-time lowest point of positivity um, that there's ever been. And this is, you know, taking into account the Great Depression and all these things. Not that you could really go back and quantify those things, and it, I'm sure there were darker times in the world, but of the expression of people, physical way, the negative outward expression is at an all-time high. So anything that we can do mm-hmm. to raise ourselves and to, to you know, have have a little love in your heart. Think about making the world a little bit better uh, wherever you come from. I think that that can only help. And so I certainly welcome it. Awesome. Because I, I try to approach every interaction I have with kindness and compassion. And I'm one of the happiest people I know. So... There's something to it, you know? I'll see your happy and raise you a glee, maybe a little joy. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Becca. Well, I very much appreciate you coming on. For anybody who doesn't know Becca, she's um, very comfortable in the background and doesn't like to come on um, in the public eye too much, but we 
we poke her and prod her and bring her out from time to time because she's got so many good things to say. <laughs> I'll be coming All out right, more. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. All right. Um, let's see. We got Creed Leffler and we got Stacy Swanson Craft and we got Glenn Keeling and Pete Yapel on the line, all waiting to talk. And <clears throat> I think Creed was up first, and then we're going to get Stacy because she disappears quickly, and we'll, we'll make sure that we get her in there. And then we'll do uh, Pete, then Glenn. Um, and I've got a bunch of things to say in the midst of it all. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'd like to say about the organization there are a lot of organizations out there that have, you know, missions like to reform marijuana laws or to, you know, promote safe access of things or to deal with drug policy or all these other things. Those are fairly specific and not one of them actually address ending prohibition. Um, and I'm not here to disparage anybody. There's lots of good people in those organizations, and some of those organizations do plenty of good things. That's not my point. My point is that we're the Human Solution International. I don't know. That says a lot. That says a lot. And there have been cases where this organization has risen up and done uh, amazing things. I have seen members of this organization help out their fellow man and woman, brother and sister, in, in, in ways you can't imagine, from feeding them to just being there for them in their dark times. There have been a number of cases of people that have come to me privately or publicly even and said, you know, I was literally on the edge of the darkest place, the darkest place you could be. And I somehow connected with somebody in your organization, one of your members, or it might have been me, or it might have been somebody else, in many different cases. And just them being there, just their mere presence and the willingness to listen to me, um, brought me back, brought me to a, a place where I could walk out of it. And a lot of things in life are, are like that, in the sense of a miracle doesn't have to be I'm healed, it might mean I can bear it enough to move on to tomorrow. It might mean I can put it behind me and, and start to think about it in a different way. It might mean I can forgive myself or whomever and, and begin to repair myself. There are so many ways to move forward and so many ways to be supportive, and that's what the human solution is about. You know, we talk about court support. There are few more powerful ways that somebody can help somebody else than to be there for them in court. And I have been in court so many times in so many ways for myself and for others. And I have seen so many powerful things happen, both positive and negative. I mean, I've been hauled into jail numerous times from court um, and I've been freed from jail <laughs> in court and I've watched other people go both directions and just to have somebody there um, 
Cork could be the most lonely place in the world. I could imagine what it would be like to have been there without anybody there for me. And even just having one or two people makes such a difference. We are not solitary creatures. We are social creatures, and we need social interaction. We need relationships. It's part of how we're wired. It's the way we're built. And uh, if you get stuck in solitary for too long, you will go crazy. It's just a, it's a thing. Um, and to have people that are there for you no matter what, and and to know that anything could happen. We've raised money for people. We've, we've painted people's houses, for God's sake. We've done, I mean, you name it, we've, we've done it. Well, just most recently, um, we were called upon by a mother of an inmate, and um, the inmate's name is Lance Glore, and his mom has been a friend of the organization and on the show numerous times, and um, he's got an opportunity to have his case reviewed by the Supreme Court. And it got put out there uh, in somewhat of an indirect way, but it came to my attention that um, they needed an attorney. They got a congressman, Congressman Rohrbacher, that was willing to uh, do an amicus brief. An amicus brief, as you may know or may not, is a friend of the court brief, which is from typically an organization or a leader um, in support of a case, and it's it doesn't necessarily carry politi- or, or, or weight in the case, but it it can stack the deck a little bit. It can say, well, well these guys are, are in support of this, or this guy's in support of this, and it can carry weight. Well, the Human Solution International did an amicus brief uh, for an inmate a, a year or two ago, and it didn't necessarily do what we had hoped it to do, but it it was out there. It's on the record. Anyways, we were able to get an attorney, uh, actually a couple of attorneys willing to help out, but it turned out that the congressman was able to get this done. Um, And so now we're going to be able to um, be part of this by uh, being a third-party nonprofit and going to be able to help to facilitate the the financing of this. donations being received and us paying the bill so that it's clean for the for the Supreme Court of the United States to review. Um, that's some big stuff. And I know a lot of uh, organizations and a lot of people, and to know that we can be part of something like this makes a difference. Um, Lance Glore just sent me a, a notice just before the show started. I want to read it real quick. And then we'll get on to more guests. This is from Lance. He said, thank you for your help on such short notice. I really appreciate it a lot. Your people were going to do it, but the congressman got it done at the last minute. So your people offered to help in any other way they can in the future. We're so close to making a change, a real change, a change for everyone. My case is being reviewed by the actual Supreme Court justices at the end of this month in a special session. It looks like they're going to decide sooner or later. And that was what uh, Lance sent to me just a few minutes ago. Um, so when we talk about court support and, and prison outreach and, and helping 
Um, it comes in so many ways. And when you get see a, a, a plea for help out there, you know, when I when I talk to people, I tell them, well, I can put it out of the network, and that's generally what I can do. But I know that by putting it out in the network, it can mean anything. We've been able to manifest just about anything when we really set our mind to it. Um, members of the Human Solution are some of the most amazing people I've ever known. And I've known a lot of people in my life. I've had a rich life full of lots of people. And um, I've just watched some of the most amazing, selfless, um, sympathetic people, people willing to take action uh, for something bigger than themselves. And for anybody who's fighting their own case, whether you realize it or not, what you're doing is something that's bigger than yourself. And I, I very much um, appreciate those people that get that. You know, a lot of times somebody will come to us and say, can you help me? And of course we can. Of course we will. But when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'm fighting a case, and I get this, and this is not about my case, this is about pushing this forward. This is about something bigger than my case. Um, that's when I go, yes, we are on the right track. And uh, yes, Laura, all the small things count. And we love you, Laura. You are amazing. Everything counts, folks. Everything counts. I don't know where anybody would think that anything other than that. Everything you do can be great. Um, but there are some things that need to be done, and we need to accomplish a lot, and I am looking for some movers and some shakers to get her done. So uh, that all being said, I just wanted you guys to know that we are absolutely on track. We're getting down uh, close to the elections, a lot of great things happening, and we're still pounding away at it. So this is another example. we got Stacy Swanson Kraz. Um, sometimes... Most of the time when people call the show, they have a need that's, you know, profound or deep or or really life-changing. And sometimes they need something that is seemingly small. Um, but being a community, I think, is what this is really what I'm talking about, is that uh, we're all, of, all over the place. We're all over the country, across the, into Canada. We've got a, a great little team in Canada. We're we're down in Mexico, we're, we're uh, in Australia, um, we've been in and out of Japan, we've got, you know, people all over the place. Uh, Stacy's going to be making a little trip, and she wants to know if there's anybody, any of the tribe that can help her with some transportation. So, without any further ado, the wild child herself, Stacy Swanson-Kraus, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Um yeah, I'm going, I have been trying to leave for Colorado this whole week, so I'll be in Colorado for, um, until I have, until probably until I go to California, but I'll be flying into, um, um, San Francisco International and, um, to see a Lyme doctor in Foster City. So what I'm looking for is someone to pick me up at the airport and drive me to the doctor and then drive me back to a hotel or let me stay at the house and met, let me medicate while I'm there. <laughs> um, I know I'm not supposed to talk about that on the show, but um, anyway, I have Lyme, late-stage Lyme disease. and 
So, so when are you actually? When are you? When are you flying in? And when? When do you need this? I'm to flying. Happen? I am flying in October second, and I'll be there at nine twenty-eight, in SFO, and um, then I have to be at the doctor at one thirty, and that's in Foster City, which isn't very far. But I don't. I can't imagine what California traffic is like. Because last time I was there, I was sixteen. Um, and if it's anything like Denver, I just can't even imagine. And um, then um, I'm not sure exactly when. The, I mean, my appointment's at one thirty, and um, so sometimes the Lyme doctors take a while to get in. Um, but I need treated for Babesia and Lyme, and I have treated with cannabis, and it has saved my life because I'm not on any painkillers today. So, um, and I think cannabis, but it's not going to, it's not going to kill Babesia. <laughs> so that's a protozoan. And so, um, I'm going to, um, do a little bit of malaria treatment and maybe a couple antibiotics, which, um, that way I can return to like, maybe my brain will come back to the normal size. I won't have any more encephalopathy and, um, I can get a little more of my life back so I can return to full force. Movement forward. That's what I'm looking Moving for. Well, all right. So October second, um, we're looking for somebody in the Bay Area. Um, you know, if anybody knows anything about Stacy, she has been uh, a champion. Um, when I was out in Kansas, I met Stacy, and she was in a wheelchair more often than she wasn't. But she got out there and and was out there in the sweltering heat of Kansas every single day, and um, she's got a, a heart of a lion, but she's got the lion, and I know more and more and more people that are dealing with that, and there's some new treatments that are being work, worked with right now, and I'm very interested in sharing whatever I hear about it, and, you know, cannabis can be helpful, but like she said, um, Lyme's a real complicated disease, and um, it's it's full of nasty uh uh, parasites and pathogens, and their nasty um, uh, excretions after they start dying. It's just a horrible thing, and it's complicated, and, and hopefully we'll come up with some real real positive ways to get back and, and treat it. And I understand that there's some, um, you know, pretty daring new, new approaches being used, and um, I, I definitely hope that this works. But if you're in the Bay Area, October 2nd, and can help Stacy by giving her a ride around and, and, you know, put her up, give her a place to stay for the night. Um, I guarantee you. Yeah, this trip will cost me like 2000 Yikes. Well, I, uh, yeah. I, I definitely, how does somebody get a hold of you if they're willing to help? Um, my email is thsimidwest at gmail.com or, of course, um, you can get through me on Messenger on Facebook. I don't know All right. if I want my well, phone number out there. <laughs> any, any, any way you want to do it, any way you want to do it. So, um, you know, again, this is just a, another example of, you know, the stuff that can be done. I know we have members um, out there in the Bay Area. I don't know what their availability is Um on that day, I'm 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 about eight hours. South even there, if they so. can just help me medicate at some point during the day, like I don't exactly know what you do in California. If it's just like Colorado, I mean I'm I live in Kansas a lot, so <laughs> I go back and forth. Hopefully we do what we want. 
that's what we do. We do Mostly what we, we want. do. <laughs> well, I want to do what I want. <laughs> I'm into that. Generally the way it works. But sometimes we pay the price for doing what we want, but mostly that's what we do. We do what we want. Well, I what I want is for you to have a ride, and so... Um, Thank also, you so much. Uh, type up a request and put it up on my public page, and I'll get it around to some of the other pages. Believe it or not, not everybody listens to this show, and um, I sometimes know. people... Silly. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. All right, well, Stacey, uh, Thank thanks you for so everything, much. and I look forward to hearing that this happened the way it was supposed to. We're on a roll now. People are rising up to the challenges that are there. And thank you, everybody. And thank you, Joe. I love you. Bye. I love you back. All right. Stacey Swanson Crass. Okay. So let's get to Creed Leffler. Creed has been a friend of the show. Creed has an um, online petition that is asking um, the government to take cannabis off Schedule 1. Seems like a reasonable request. Um, last I checked, I think he was in the 6,000 uh, signature range. And let's see what's going on right now. I don't think, I don't know if Creed got on the last show or not. But anyways, he's been a regular for the last couple of months. Creed Leffler, welcome I'll to the in. show. How far can you go ahead, please? Hi, Joe. This is Creed. We currently have 6,903 signatures. If you can help me get to seven grand, that would be huge. Sorry I didn't call last week. Was avoiding the storm. Thanks. Uh, the old storm. I see how it is. I don't blame you. I, that storm seemed like it was pretty nasty. I'm glad I'm on the West Coast, not on the East Coast. Yeah, and well, I'm, still, I'm still working on with Kalipa. Like, oh, good. Like I, like I said a couple of weeks ago. I well, guess. I look forward to hearing. I think you're going to get through to him. I mean, I know you've already connected with him, so now it's just a matter of, of setting that appointment and getting in the same room, right? No. I actually got to speak with him, but it was only like Two minutes. Uh, well, he did show that he was supportive, though, right? Uh, yeah, sort of. Sort of? <laughs> well, I, I I think that if you can get a, a, a little bit more clarity, I mean, he seems like he's a real busy guy, and he probably uh, doesn't have a whole lot of time, you know, for these interviews and whatnot, so maybe if he was to get a little more uh, clarity about what you were trying to do, um, it's possible. I don't know. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't be supportive. It seems like it'd be a no-brainer. Can someone help me get in touch with him, please? Well, I, I definitely... Um, I want to make sure that anybody who is listening to this, if you have not signed the petition, um, somebody please put the petition up on on the feed of the live stream right now. Um, I'm not I'm not um, I'm not bright enough to uh, 
to do that and talk at the same time. Um, but if somebody can post it up there, I would be grateful. And um, let's get, we, what do we need? We need a, a few hundred signatures to get to 7,000. That doesn't seem like too too difficult of a thing. Not even that, we're less than 100 away, I think. So let's, you know, we can do that tonight. There's got to be, of the thousands of people that are listening to the show, I am certain we could get enough to that haven't signed the petition to sign the petition. So, well, Creed, I, I definitely, uh, I'd sign it five more times if I could, but they won't let me. No, devil, please. I've had people do that before. Well, it's a lot of work to go change your name just to sign a petition. So I think I'm just going to keep my one name, and uh, I'll try to get more people to sign it rather than, than go go around it that way. Thanks. All right, Creed. Well, this is Creed Leffler, and once again, um, Creed is a guy that's just doing what needs to be done. He shows up every week. He's got a mission. He's got this petition he's put out. He's an act, an activist and an advocate. And, um, you know, it's it's showing up to work every day. Whether he feels good or not, he, he gets it done. So I respect that and uh, appreciate it, and I'm glad to have you fighting on our side. I think we lost him. All right. Well, again, appreciate you being there, Creed, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. Let's see. We got Glenn Keeling and then Pete Yapel and um, George Marshall will be calling in shortly. I don't know. We lost uh, the Corbys, but hopefully they'll come back. And I appreciate that Glenn got it up there. At least we got the – where to find it, and that's working out good. All right, let's see. We got Glenn Keeling. Welcome to the show. Glenn is a defendant. He's a warrior. He is chapter coordinator of the Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio, and he um, not only is fighting his own case, fighting for his own health and his wife's health, but he's also helping others fight their cases at the same time, and this is the kind of guy that uh, I wish we had more of. Glenn, what's going on this week? Hey, thank you, Joe, very much for having me on. Um, We went to the State House today um, in Columbus. Um, Today was uh, Patient Voice Day. We got to voice our side of, you know, Look, Ohio has drugged their feet long enough. You know, and it's not just Ohio, but we'll talk about Ohio because that's where I'm at right now. The program was supposed to be started September 8th of this year. It was supposed to have dispensaries open, doctors that can recommend, plants growing, and all this other. Well, they have 270 doctors, and that's awesome because that's, you know, 20 more doctors than what they wanted. But There's no medicine. There's no seed in the ground, there's nothing. There's no access for patients in Ohio. And because of that, people like Peggy and I, who are medical patients that do need this medicine, are now facing tremendous charges. Between the two of us, we have 27 felony charges 
and four misdemeanor charges. We're looking at a combined total of 111 years in prison between the two of us for possession of cannabis. Again, I say this every week, and the crazy part about this is even though we're charged felony possession of cannabis, the courts are allowing us to medicate with the said cannabis that they're charging us for possession of. Um, that's not crazy. I don't know what the hell it is. You know, we're not the only ones facing this. You know, Joe's right. You know, there's a lot of people here in Ohio that is facing the same thing that Peggy and I are for the same reason. Ohio has drugged their feet. They've had two years to have some kind of medical program into effect, and, and there's nothing, nothing. They've got 270 doctors that can tell you, yeah, you've got a disease or you've got an issue. Go ahead and take my cannabis. But where the hell are we going to get it? They don't have nothing planted. They just finally got a few more processors licensed. I mean, what What are we going to do? And, and if we go to Michigan or Pennsylvania, and as soon as we come back across the state line, we're now federally, we, we just now federally smuggled, federally illegally smuggled drugs across state lines. Only because we want to medicate. It's horrible what people have to do here in Ohio just to, just to be able to medicate. And it's not just here in Ohio, and it's in every oh my god, every state, including states that you you can just freely as an adult. You don't need a recommendation. You don't need all you have to have is an ID saying that you are an adult, 21 years of age, and you can go into a dispensary. Dispensary meaning that you can go in there and buy pot. You can get pot in any form. You can get pot. And you can smoke it as an adult, 21 years of age. But you know what? If you have just half a gram over what they say you're allowed to have. And there's the ugh, dreadful word allowed. You, you're half a gram over what you're allowed to have. Your ass is going to go to prison. And that's just the way it is. And it doesn't matter. How good of a person you are, no matter what you've done, you're going to be drugged into court, and that's just the way they do things. And it doesn't matter where you are, how protected you are, how many pieces of paper that says that you absolutely have to have that plant. They don't care. They are going to try to extract as much from you as they possibly can, every dollar that they can get from you. And if that's not enough, they're going to try to take some of your life. We've got people in prison right now. Craig Cecil is one of them. Life in prison for a plant. Ridiculous. Listen, people, we cannot help you. I love helping people because it's cool as shit to sit there and, and listen to the judges and the prosecutors fumble because they have no clue what the hell they're doing. But reach out. We are at the Creative Care Beacon the Human Solution International Ohio chapter. My name is Glenn Keeling. You can find me on Facebook or simply give me a call. My phone number is 419-863-0498. Well, Glenn, I, I very much appreciate it. And again, um, you know, you're walking the walk, talking the talk, and we just need to get uh, a, a handful more people to stand along with you and raise their light up and get that creative care breaking 
beacon to shine brighter, and the brighter it shines, the more it does, and it just starts building on itself. And I feel, I feel the tide turning. I feel the light shining brighter, and I feel like more people are starting to get it as we show up every day for the last ten years to help people. Um, we're going to continue doing so, and we're not going to stop until we're done. So, unless uh, you're not into that freedom thing, I can't see why you wouldn't want to come and help. Thank you so right. much, Glenn, and I look forward to hearing uh, the good news when they finally decide to give up on your damn case. Right. Well, I'm working on our next case is a attorney conference, and that's going to be October twelfth. Uh, I'm sorry, October twelfth. Uh, 8.45 in the morning. Hey, I do have a couple quick side notes. Uh, something we learned today while we were at the state house, it, it, we talked to one of the doctors. Uh, he was a, a preacher, actually, a preacher and a doctor, and he also sits on the board. There is also a lot of CBD um, they have found and discovered in hops. Yes, hops. The same thing that they mix with barley and make beer. They are extracting high amounts of CBD from hops, not only from hops, but they're also getting it from thistle. Um, and it is healing CBD, a high-rate, <clears throat> high-quality CBD from hops and thistles. And that's just something I want to throw out there for places like Ohio that have said that <clears throat> CBD can only be sold in a dispensary because it has to be processed from a hemp plant or cannabis plant only, uh, it does come from other things in life other than just those two plants, and those are two great examples. Well, I think that is, uh, you know, once again, this is all ridiculous for any natural substance to be deemed uh, Schedule 1 or Schedule whatever, to be to be regulated in any way. If it grows, it should be allowed to grow. If, if, if it can be extracted from anything, it should be allowed to be. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give an example. And this pisses me off a lot because it's a perfect example of what could and might and should and will be. So... Anybody who doesn't know, I've been making herbal products for, geez, since the 80s, 30-some years, almost 40 years. Anyways, I work with my own extractions. I work with other people's extractions. I work with, I have a pharmacopoeia of over 200 substances that are all natural substances, right? And most of them are not regulated at all. And I can buy them from any number of sources. I can grow them in abundance. I can harvest them myself. I can extract them. I can have any number I could have. There's no number I can't have. I can have 100,000 of them. I can have 100,000 pounds of them. It doesn't matter. So uh, recently I, I, I needed to purchase some uh, herbal concentrates that I use and I, it was 10 different compounds. And uh, normally I would buy them, you know, maybe a, a, a pound or so, or maybe even a kilo. But the company, one of the companies that I work with, I work with specifically because of the quality of their concentrates. 
And so um, concentrates are not just cannabis. They're any number. I have, like I said, over almost 200 different herbal concentrates from 200 different plants. And the reason I use this one company is because they have third-party testing, and they test for potency of known active ingredients. So, you know, if you use uh, rosemary or or turmeric or, or black pepper or whatever your your herb du jour is, um, you can buy it anywhere, right? You can buy it at the health food store. You can buy it at the grocery store. You can buy it at the local Walmart probably. And you can buy it in capsule form. You can buy it in bulk form. You can buy it in the plant. You can make your own extract. You can do a lot of different things. And it's your choice. And there's no regulation whatsoever um, about most of these. And some some of these some of these compounds, you know, the FDA has tried to regulate, and and they may end up regulating some of them. But at the end of the day, the vast majority of these are there's no regulation on them whatsoever. The company that I that I work with primarily um, just changed their policy. And I had to buy five kilos of each compound. So uh, yesterday I received 50 kilos of herbal concentrates, and um, you know, 10 different compounds, five kilos apiece. And um, they came in bags inside of a box, and open up the box, and there's a a certificate of analysis and and they tested for the heavy metals and they tested for pesticides and they tested for all kinds of things and the potency of the product. Now, I have a choice of where I get my compounds and I grow plenty of my herbs. I grow, I don't know, five or six of the primary herbs that I use, but I can't grow everything and I can't grow everything well and I can't, I mean, there's not enough of me to extract everything. So I work with a good a good quality company that I can rely on. Well, guess what, folks? Cannabis is an herb. Imagine a world where it was just one of the many. Imagine I could go, I could go and I could grow it myself. I could go to an irreputable store and get something that who knew what it was. Or I could do take the care to get something that was certified, lab tested, and verified as to what it was. But that would be my choice. And I could use the quality of that in advertising the products that I made or, or just knowing that I was doing it better because it was the right thing to do. But why, why is it different? Now, I'll tell you why it's different. And this is the kicker of all of this. Every single one of these compounds that I work with, every single one of them, as much as they're very helpful and healthy and we use them in our compounds for topical supplements, capsules, you name it, we put them in varying degrees of, of potency and, and, and all different ways. But every single one of these compounds has an LD50. Everyone could kill you if you took too much of it. Every single one. 
Each one of those five kilo bags that I have, if you were to eat the whole fucking thing, you would die. But if I had five kilos of cannabis extract, you couldn't. You wouldn't. And yet, the claim is that, oh, it might hurt you if you get too much or if it has this or that or the other thing. Not one person yet to this day has died from cannabis. Hasn't happened. People have died from every other compound on the planet, whether it's recorded or not. Somebody's eaten too much of you name it, but not this one. That's it. That's all I got to say. Why can't that be one of the pharmacopoeia? Why can't it just be one? You have the power. You have the choice. If you want to go through the trouble of getting it tested and regulated yourself, do that. If that's important to you. If you want to grow it and smoke it and eat it and make shit out of it, do that. It's on you. Why is that so difficult? Why? I just don't understand it, folks. Why is it so difficult? 50 kilos I have of brand new herbal concentrates. 50 kilos. If that was pot, there are people, even in the community, would say, well, why'd you have so much? <laughs> nah, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Pete Yapel up next. And then we got George Marcerano and then Tom Corby. We're going to be out of show. Pete Yapel, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, hey, Joe, it, it couldn't be a better Wednesday night. We Second week in a row, we got my lovely wife sitting next to me. <laughs> All right, Helen, the better half. We gotta love it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm glad hey, you listen, could join us. Uh, man, I'll tell you, we're we're so excited, Joe. We've had a, a another stellar day. Uh, I apologize to you for uh, texting you before the show. I I wasn't conscious of the time, and uh, but I I, okay. I do want to speak with you. We've got some great irons, man. We just got in the fire after uh, probably, I don't know, shit, a good two and a half hours of talking with Amy Case King today. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I admire Amy. I'm glad Amy was on the show last week. If anybody has doesn't know Amy Case King, please follow Amy. Uh, but uh, we've been now, um, we now, uh, that's right. And hey, 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 listen, a member of the Human Solution and a member of the Human Solution from, uh, uh, renewed two weeks ago. I, I just want to make uh, the quick statement that when we did, when we combined with the International Cannabis Patients Wall, and we gave away the five tickets to the lucky winners. Joe happened to be one. Um, uh, we acquired. I said at that point in time, I would match initial donations for anybody that joined during that, and we got six, uh, three six thirty donations and one four twenty donation during the course of that. And uh, Becca sent that to me today. I matched the donation. I sent her the money just as soon as we got on the phone. So uh, if, we, all right, if we can keep these groups working together, uh, it'd be great. So after talking with Amy, uh, Helen and I uh, are, are possibly, quite possibly, everybody keep your fingers crossed that we can make this work and work out. We hope to be joining Amy representing the Human Solution International in Geneva in December. Uh, we, we also have just uh, 
paperwork. We're in the midst of filling out our paperwork. And this is a couple of questions I have to ask you because they're human solution directive, Joe. Uh, but we are joining the NY uh, the NY and NGOC. Uh, now, if anybody doesn't know what uh, uh, NGO is, uh, is uh, is a it's a non-governmental right organization, and it's the New York organization. We'll, we'll join so that we can represent non-governmental, you know, citizens groups uh, on national and international and local uh, levels. And uh, it's on Thursday of this week at the UN, uh, the NY, uh, the the uh, WHO is going to. Uh, Commence again, and we're hoping we we submitted our paperwork. Uh, we'll have it all submitted by tomorrow, uh, and hopefully we can be at that for uh, next. Uh, hopefully, I will be at that next Thursday, sitting in. And uh, if I, you know, I doubt I'll get a chance to talk here, which is okay. But You're get um, the Pioneer of the Year award. You've been covering new ground faster than anybody I've ever known. I love it. Well. Well, Joe, what it, what, it, what it is to me is uh, is, is is this because is that like you say, there's so few people that really do do. So those of us that do do and have the uh, whatever it is, I mean, I, I mean, you do you do what you do for your reason. I do what I do for my reason. Everybody has a reason for why they're fighting for this plant. But but, but something saves your life. What is the natural thing to do? I mean, if you're if you have uh, you know the the empathy that you're supposed to carry, the integrity you're supposed to carry, you pay forward. It's just what you do. Uh, you it's guys are talking common sense. No, I know. Isn't that a shame that most can't understand? I don't know. That? They're, gonna, they're not going to understand. Right. If it's not if it's if it's not politically correct or it's common sense, most won't get it. Uh, you know, like, like what, are the, what did we say? We from now on we can't call. I, I saw something we can't call tweakers tweakers anymore because they get offended. So now we have to call them what are they called? Mexican American. Mexican Americans. Yeah. So we, we have to be we have to be careful for what we do. And if we don't want to offend anyone, you know, uh, you know well, I've been I, called I, a pothead my whole life, you know, and I, I guess that's not offensive to some. But, yeah, and it's not offensive <laughs> to me either. I kind of laugh at it. <laughs> but we're 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 looking to do that now, and if we can continue to to uh, to catapult ourselves, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about me and Helen, I'm, I'm talking about as generally as a group, uh, you know. We can't be quiet. We get complacent. Every two years, there's major ele- – you know, two to four years, we have major elections. People get involved then. Then they want to go vote on whatever policy it is. But they never get involved in helping write policy. They never ask about policy. They never read the damn policy. Well, because most people don't even know anything about policy or political science or anything. They just go with the flow. Right. They vote because they see we're going to get legalization <laughs> of cannabis. But listen, you know, when, when I have to look at patients here every single day in New York and they say to me, yeah, but, you know, we've got, you know, we voted for this. You know, we've passed the medical program. How come I have to pay $250 to use it? I go, because that's what you voted for, you moron. I mean, you know, did you read what you voted for? Oh, you ought to for? see the nightmare in California. In it, it's, it's, it's a disaster of all disasters. 
they're they're now trying to trying to shut down the water and power of all the illegal dispensaries. You know why? So you got to buy them from the license plate or that's go right. the underground. That's right. That's that's right. Hey, listen today. Uh, what you know? Uh, when do you think cannabis will be legal? I go, I don't know. How old am I? It's been legal as far as I've been alive. I'm not going to listen to a law that makes zero sense. I am not going to submit myself or, or to, a, to a, uh, an issue, again, that is absolute common sense. The endocannabinoid system is a very, very complex regulatory system. But it has a broad function. It's found within every single one of us, animals, fish, you name it. And it regulates our – listen, the endocannabinoid system, just off the top of my head, can regulate uh, uh, memory functions, digestion, uh, motor functions, immune system responses, inflammation, appetite, pain, blood pressure. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Well, if this system with inside your body regulates – and controls all these things and needs to be nurtured, and it is called. Up with a way that I'm cool with regulating. The endocannabinoid way of regulating, I'm totally cool with. It can regulate me anytime it wants. Right. It's so the I, only regulations I want. Right. <laughs> only that one, though. Yeah, it's truly the I only time I want to hear this regulation. Corrected. Yeah. Well, Pete, uh, but, I, I am always uh, blown away by your – you know what happens is you've got yourself in a mindset that says, I'm here to make a difference, and these opportunities come up, and you just grab them, and that's the key. It, it, you just put right. yourself in a way that says, I'm capable, I'm here, I'm willing, and you watch what happens, and that's what's happening. You're right. just knocking them out of the park. You're like uh, playing t-ball against the – Against the little kids, you're just hitting home run after home run. I, I appreciate that, Joe. It, it, but it's it, it's not about that to us. We really just want to stop this insanity, man. I mean, it, you know, we'll have another fight to fight after that, and we'll be just as diligent then as well. But this fight is just too important. Sick people shouldn't have to be well, sick. Poor people don't have to overpay for medicine. People shouldn't be in jail. When we shift yeah. our focus. It will be a lot easier to do when we don't have to worry about getting busted for pot. That's all That's I can right. say. That's right. That's <laughs> right, Joe. You got, you got it, bro. And I'm glad hey, man, listen, to go because that's fucked up in every way you can right. imagine. But that's this right. affects that. That's right. Everything affects it, everything. Well, you know what? Um, we are running out of time. I got enough time for George and Tom. And um, I appreciate you being here. How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to help? Reach out to us at www.canawetalk420.com or my phone number, 845-522-3162. You can visit us at Cannabis Country and Canna We Talk 420 Radio and Solidarity Over Separation, the New York uh, chapter of the Human Solution uh, on Facebook. We're very easy to get hold of. We don't hide. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ellen, and you too, Pete. <laughs> All right, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. All right, so we've got um, George Martirano. George has been a friend of the show now for a while, and he doesn't need an introduction anymore. 
But this is a man who has endured more than any man should ever have to endure. And he's come out the other side, and he's stepping up out on his own. He's he's building his own uh, business again, and he's he's a man who has, has never stopped helping people. And, you know, I respect people for what they've been through and what they've done, but I respect George mostly because he never stops helping people. And no matter where, he, he'll he'll call me up and he'll say, I got this cousin, I got this friend of mine, I got this, and they need this or they're, they're in this way. And it takes a special person to always be thinking about the other guy, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. And George is one of those guys. He's always thinking about the other guy. And for that, I am very pleased he's... In my company and part of the Human Solution, and George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, hi, Joe. Hi, Liz. Hi, D.D. Hi, everybody. Liz Smith out there. How's everybody? How's my Kathy Z? Miss everybody. And uh, great stuff. I'm going to have a great talk tonight. I'm going to introduce stuff. It just seems that um, every time I try to do something, I make my own personal history. history. Incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, I'm opening, I think I mentioned it before, I'm opening up the Hip Hip Hem Cafe, first ever uh, in Philadelphia. Hip Hem Cafe, and uh, the place is under construction, and we're getting people coming to the door. We had a we had a gentleman yesterday, he actually was dragging dragging his, uh, his leg because of his sciatic nerve was such he was in such pain, and someone told him that CBD uh, could help him. And uh, and uh, we had some of the Willow Creek uh, product there, and uh, we gave him uh, uh, gave it to him for free. And uh, he was there he was there today, and he wasn't dragging his leg, and he had tears uh. in his eyes. He had tears in his eyes. You know what they had him? You know what the doctors had him on? They had him on seizure medications for a sciatic nerve. Seizures. They had him on seizure medication. I mean, uh, you know, when they couldn't, when stuff that they gave the poor guy could work, they they gave him this stuff. So now he's on uh, now he's on CBDs. He's in Willow Creek uh, uh, product, and and he he wasn't limping and he had tears in his eyes. So it really made my day. But. It seems that uh, my life gets interesting and interesting, whether it's uh, interesting through the turmoil and the, and the torture I've been through. But at three, I took this building, and uh, the building's under construction, <laughs> and we're ripping up the floor to put new floors in. And I did a video today, and then the video is through the roof. It's on Facebook and it's on Instagram. But we found a 30-foot historic well. It was built uh, before the, the Civil War. And the well was used uh, for draft horses, uh, and it was a designated area with these thoroughfares, with these big, uh, these big wagons uh, hauling freight, and the horses would come there and um, you know would water there, and there was a little inn there. And then fast forward to prohibition, hit 1920, and the bootleggers came up with an idea. They said, "Well, you need water to make the booze, and you need a deep well to drop the." The sour mash, and after you run it off, because sour mash has a very, very strong 
uh, Marcio. They could, in order that could take a whole city block. So they took this yep. building and they made the steel. These bootleggers operated for 30 years. 30 years. And then, uh, for some reason, I guess everybody died off of the bootleg. Bootlegging, incidentally, even though the prohibition ended, bootlegging went on for another 25 years. Uh, it was uh, they made whiskey for the poor. So and now I wind up at this property, and lo and behold, there's this there's this uh, historic well uh, that they were going to be utilizing. I have hey, I'm gonna I have no idea, no idea what I'm going to do with it yet. Uh, other than that, I'm thinking about just making a well for donations for people that that are ill and they can't afford the CBDs. You come in and it's like a wishing well. And any money you put in there, we would use, uh, utilize the money to uh, give the CBDs to people who can't afford it. Okay. So, uh, that, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to call bootleggers well. Okay. So, to some my life has these twists and turns, but it's going to be helping people so well. So, I, I totally dig it. I totally dig it. Well, George, I, yeah. I very much look forward to the success of your uh, of your shop, and um, I can't wait to come out there and check it out. Yeah, it's going to be the first one ever in Philly to Hemp Hemp Cafe, and uh, no one's doing it. They did, uh, they, across town, they opened up an ice cream place with CBDs, but a little too pricey. I, I just, uh, but, you know, uh, I'm going to go talk to the people, meet them eventually, but my, my shop is not going to be... Uh, charging a lot there just to help people, and uh, and uh, we're going to do so much for the community, so much for the city. Love it. Love it. And, uh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. You're a pioneer and a gentleman, so uh, we will continue on and uh, making the world a better place. All right, thank you for having me. I'll get you guys next week. Always, always a pleasure. All right, folks, George Martirano, okay. and uh, if you're up in the Philly area in the next few months, um, he's got the Hemp Cafe coming up, coming up and uh, it'll be a place to not only get some amazing products, but to uh, meet an amazing, amazing individual. Okay, Tom Corby, to close the show down, we're officially in overtime, folks, and Tom, welcome to the show. Uh, oh, thank you, Joe. Mary, Becca, always George Monterano. Uh, what an honor to have him part of our journey to find the end prohibition. Uh, and, and without cannabinoids in our system, our homeostasis will be out of balance. Uh, I'm up at uh, Lucky Lions Farm today. Uh, we're helping Alex with his deck, with Frank and Ann here with me. Hi, Joe. Hey, Frank, Alex. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, better every day. Better every day. Amen to that. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so we're helping Alex, and you've been up here, and we need to get you up here again. Um, uh, if they, yeah, they're down here. And they're, uh, we have a new friend coming here, and I'm headed down there now. I was up in the garden. And uh, we're uh, finishing that deck out here, which you've been here. We need to get you back up here. Uh, I can't wait. Finish up that deck, and I'll come out and smoke with you. 
Yeah. Or maybe I'll take going to Right. If you were here, I know you'd be helping us with the deck. Oh, you know right. I would. I'm here you with Alex. Yeah, I'm here with Alex right now. He's got the paint roller. And when we talk about cases, I always like to bring up how we always take them on to trial and how Alex Lyons, Frank Canan, uh, and how we set precedent up here in Butte County. Uh I'd like to say a little something today. Well, it's, uh, the biggest thing that caught my ear on the show uh, was um, a brother from Ohio, uh, Glenn. What's his last name? Glenn Keeling. Keeling. And Kim yep. Kimmel. Being being an Ohio native, that one was close to the heart, and uh, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more information on that. I'll look him up on Facebook, but uh, I just uh, had a, a good friend of mine. I uh, uh, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? He's part of the clan. He's a good guy. He's him and his whole family are warriors. They're fighting their battle and and they're uh, they're part of the solution. Nice. Yeah, I just had a good friend uh, in Ohio, in my hometown, uh, get picked up with fifty pounds, and uh, his lawyer. Uh, that he paid ten grand for, talked him into a plea deal of four years in prison. Yes, and he's all twenty-three year old. Oh no! I I I I had lost contact with him and asked him about his case early on, and he told me that they dropped his charges, and they had dropped his charges, and then they picked it. Picked the charges back up, oh, back up that. on a, and started threatening uh, collusion of some sort or some some mob charge, some mafia charges, uh, trying to uh, incorporate his friends back here in California, and uh, and his uh, they are threatening him with ten years in prison. Uh, at the same time, they're allow they're beginning to allow medical, uh, giving their first permitting in the same town. Uh, and uh, and telling the public that it's medical, yet locking people up for bringing medicine to to uh, to the patients, and that's the only way that it's going to get there until there's a regulated way of of of, uh, of of distributing and all the details. There's there's the only way for patients to get medicine and in a business, and yeah. uh, and I believe fully that any any jury in the country would understand that when taken to trial with the right, you know, with the right intention and mindset, like it sounds like our our brother Glenn is is doing, and uh, oh, understand yeah. my. Going all the way. We got another case yeah. in Ohio, and uh, they're doing the same thing. It's another another BS case, and there's uh, four of them. And uh, they're doing the same thing. They're they're threatening them. They're you know trying to even their own lawyers trying to get them to take that plea deal. And they're standing tall. They're doing what 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 needs to be done to be successful. And they're taking it to the box. And hopefully the the jurors are going to know and do the right thing. That's that's you know we gotta you gotta put it out there if you're going to have a chance of getting it back. I mean I would have. I don't even want to think what would have happened if if I would have ended up bowing down to these bastards. It it's it, it would have just been a different world. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really mind-boggling to see and hear that it's 
I mean, obviously, if we're just getting past it here in California, we're not even past it by any means. We no, still have, we're to nowhere. have a whole nowhere near past it, but it's hell no. A uh, the domino effect across the country. Hopefully, more and more people, you know, tune well, in here, out here, support each other. I feel really uh, neglectful hearing that my friend uh, got his got the, his charges, uh, but he we've been in low contact as as what happens when someone's dealing with a case. The Everyone the loses communication yeah. and probably wouldn't have. And uh, so, on a question on that. Uh, is there a way now he's young that he can uh appeal appeal his uh decision under a stress and duress actually uh, Donna was able to do that you uh, only really have three days i think so maybe uh, we could get with Kevin. usually a plea deal that you waive your right to appeal but again if you got <clears throat> i don't know how long ago he did it, but like you said, there was probably a small window of you know, like a lemon law sort of thing where you didn't, you can claim, hey, I didn't get what they were, what what was happening here, and, and you, you you know, could go back and appeal it. I don't know the details. Every every case is unique, and I, every state, the way the laws are set up are unique. So I, I couldn't possibly answer that. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a hold of him. He hasn't turned himself in yet, uh, but I think he has until uh, – the beginning of October, I believe, but for sentencing, yeah, sentencing's in the beginning of October. Yeah. So yeah, right on. So, well, so big, uh, big ups to the ones fighting. Keep fighting. It's uh, it's really not bet. that scary. It's, it's just cannabis, and twelve, you exactly. know, our a majority of people understand the cannabis. Uh, so coming from the heart, speak your truth. And defend yourselves so we can, you know, hopefully some somewhere in our near future get past this. All about the money. All the money, no matter what they say. Mm-hmm. I have an update on uh, Heidi and uh, Eddie Lips. Of course, he's not. He wasn't part of that uh, that uh, uh, that arrest. But, uh, anyway, she uh, has a... Uh, uh, Settlement conference hearing uh, with and Joseph Tully's actually going to be there in the team, and uh, uh, I guess you see that uh, Joseph Tully uh, just got award uh, an award, and also he's uh, he did a book signing. We were going to try to go to Frisco. Dave, Doc Allen wanted us to go, but we were too busy. So that that is uh, actually in Marysville, uh, and I. Uh, that's actually it's kind it's kind of confusing because it's Yuba County, and uh, it's in Marysville, and so it's not in Yuba City. That's Sutter County. We 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 actually had people who used to go with Shelby and Eric Soleto back then at that courthouse. A lot of people got confused. Anyway, uh, they are definitely taking them on to trial, and they're going on to a settlement conference uh, hearing. Uh, that's 10, 15, 18 at one thirty in the afternoon. And the Tully team will be there. He's right here, she said. Uh, you best fuck, so is it soon. And uh, no matter, there's always, uh, he said, she said. Uh, but uh, we're coming for them hard. They've come for others. And we go back, way back 
with Eddie Lapp, of course, uh, writing letters when he was in prison for for seven and a half years. So uh, court support is always important. Uh, we know that this settlement conference, nothing ever gets settled. She said right here. I said, so what about trial? So Tully's pushing for six months. Going to take him on for six months. What he's doing here with this, she said, he's just going to get in their face. And uh, and that's what he did up there with the Benos. And Joseph Tully, by the way, folks, uh, has not lost uh, a jury trial on his uh, motion and action for sure. So uh, we always come uh, with local court support, at least if you can. Now, uh, when, uh, something, if, when, if it does go to trial, we know now that it's usually on a Monday and they're only jur- uh, picking juries, and there could be 80 to 100 jurors there. So it's really uh, better to save for prerequisites and wait till the jury's picked. And then Joe actually will come all the way up there once they, somebody goes to trial, we'll go a long ways. And uh, court support, uh, yeah, it's very important. Okay, you know, I want to thank date. you all. You know <laughs> he said, you have a date, Tom. You know how that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, Joe, I want to thank you all. And, yeah, oh. it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really big case, regardless of uh, the public's uh, view on Heidi Lepp and Eddie Lepp's church and and the spiritual, uh, the spiritual defense. I, I think that this is a very, very big case that can set somewhat of a precedent for everyone in our spiritual rights uh, moving forward. And uh, it sounds like they plan on defending every uh, garden that got raided in their, their, uh, their case. I think it was. There, there were 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, Always, uh, as you know, the doctor's recommendation really never expires. But if you are growing plants, it's better probably to have an update uh, a recommendation. Uh, so I'm sure that Joseph, I've already talked to Heidi and Eddie. Uh, they've invited us down uh, down uh, to Lake County uh, this uh, Saturday. Now they changed it to Saturday instead of Sunday. Uh, it'll be great, great someday, Joe, if you can make it up and come to one of our other, other parties on, on the war, by the way. So that's always a good point. We always bring court support, and we always come with our collective. And, and uh, you can't play doctor. Donna says none of, nobody steps over doctors. All right, Joe, I want to thank you all today and all those on the front line coming together, uh, volunteering to help with the solution, 10 prohibition, deschedule cannabis, no schedule, and real or POW. Um, now I think we're all ready for guess who? Really <laughs> Nelson. All right. right. All right. But, Thank you. And, and the thing Don't that I want to bring up before before Willie gets his chance to have his last word is this. It doesn't matter who is the defendant. It doesn't matter what you've heard about them. It doesn't matter what they've done to you or to somebody else. 
this is not about them. This is about freedom. This is about liberty. This is about our rights. And you could easily be where they are. And that's what we got to remember. I'm not going to support them because they whatever. Who cares? You need to think about this from a point of view. And I, and I, I mean that. I'm being very judgmental. You need to do that for us to win. We need to get over ourselves. We need Everybody's got something wrong with us. We've all got some flaw that would make it not good for somebody to support. There were people that didn't support me because something I said or thought or did or whatever. It doesn't matter. Bottom line is, it isn't about me. It isn't about Heidi. It isn't about any of them. It's about all of us together. And if we were to just get over ourselves for one second and all show up every time there was a case, this would be over. That's all i got to say. Now it's Willie's turn. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on. 